Prepare yourselves. Come on in. Welcome to paradise. This is the PowerShell Podcast. PowerShell Podcast. For anybody who fools around with this is playing with dynamite. It's all about PowerShell and the PowerShell community. Yes! That's awesome! And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Hey everybody, welcome back to PowerShell Podcast. I am your host, Jordan, along with the glowing beacon, the reason that we all tune in to learn more about PowerShell, the Andrew Plaw. Well, don't say Jordan. I never lied to you. But <laughs> thanks, Jordan. That's, that's uh, why well, last time I was a bit uh, down on it. I was making up, making up ground for, for the introductions. You. Okay, good. Until next time when you beat me down again. Um, <laughs> you can be your own hero or heroine if you need to. There you go. Look at that. He flipped it around. So... I want to plug this really cool blog by Tony Redmond. We should actually ask him to be on. I've been reading his stuff for quite a while, but it's called Bulk License Assignment with the Microsoft Graph PowerShell SDK. And he goes through how to bulk assign licenses, which is a great task if you have not already automated it or made it part of your onboarding or have some form of process for doing it. This is a great way to get started. So check out that blog. And Jordan, you know what else we need to shout out? I'm going to so guess, and I'm, I'm not just reading the link yes. on here, the PS Sec Tools. Yep, that's it, PS Sec Tools. Uh, that We kind of plugged a project in it last week in our interview with Miriam, where we talked about GIA Analyzer, or G Analyzer. It is part of the PS Sec Tools kind of organization on GitHub that Fred does a lot of cool stuff with. A lot of cool projects in there. Check them out. We have a link to the project in the show notes, right at the tippity top. All right. Well, now it's time. It's for the reason everyone's here. And I'm glad in an earlier episode, I didn't say this is the one person that I was too afraid to talk to at Summit, because then this, this introduction would be really awkward. But everyone, welcome Jason Helmick. Hey, guys. <laughs> Thanks a lot for having me. <laughs> this is so exciting for me. I feel like, uh, I mean, I know this is, everyone wants to hear from you, but this is, for me, a big deal because I've gone from afraid to talk to you to interviewing you on a podcast. That's, that's a lot of growth. Well, here's, here's the interesting thing. You've gone from being afraid to talk to me to now you won't stay off my text. You're always texting me, <laughs> which, is great, which is awesome, which is the whole point. I mean, um, we're all in this together and it's all about working together. So it's great. It- it really is. And, you know, you and I got to spend some time together with some other people in the PowerShell community at Spice World a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great time. Um, I definitely want to hear about how your talk went. But one thing I noticed is as we were hanging out afterwards, we went to this cool speakeasy. But so often the conversation went down to how can we help PowerShell? How can we make the community better? How can we get more people involved? And it's so cool that that really does go to the core of all of us. Once you kind of get PowerShell and become part of the community, it's just part of you and you want to keep building that forward. And the same thing happened to me when I started with PowerShell and it hasn't left since. It's this desire that, hey, this really helps solve the problem. It empowers me to do solutions I could never do before. And because of that, I want to I want to share that with my friends and the community. Well, that's just all my friends. You know, this, that's like when I first met Jordan, it was like, dude, welcome. You're a friend. Let's talk. Let's, let's, what can we do to try to make this better? Not only PowerShell itself, but 
how everybody gets to work with it. Um, can we communicate more? Can we share how we solve problems together? Um, one of the great things I love about Spice World is, yeah, during the day, during the conference, we're all talking about PowerShell. But, you know, take a few of us. You know, Andrew, you know, we were out with a few friends and we're, we're just hanging at a bar. And what are we doing? We're trying to solve problems with PowerShell, for PowerShell for the community. How do we make this easier? How do we make it better? How do we engage more people? I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things about being involved in the PowerShell community and helping people to any extent is that when you help someone increase what they can do at work, well, that's a massively empowering thing to where their quality of life during work hours can go up. And if they can really upskill, you know, it can lead to different promotions and things that have a real tangible impact on their life outside, completely far removed. So it's so cool that we have this amazing language that does so much that we're so passionate about, but it has such large ripple effects to where it's more than just code. It's more than just scripts. It's so much more. And uh, I'm glad we get to talk to someone else who kind of understands that. Well, I, I've never had so many friends as I've had since being part of the PowerShell community. And I mean, friends, friends that you can count on, friends that you talk to, friends that you solve problems with. That's one of the best parts. Yep. And uh, I've said this a few times before in the podcast, but as we go through our careers, having friends and people that you can grow with and a network is so, it just adds so much more to it. You know, maybe you go to the same conference every year, you see each other, maybe PowerShell Summit or we just met up at Spice World. And it really does add, for me at least, a lot more excitement. I don't know. There's so many words that could describe it, but just so much more positive stuff to your career. Well, and I don't know about you, but for me, um, there are situations where you find yourself afraid. And I don't mean like, well, I'm scared, but I mean, I don't really want to bring this topic up. People might think it's stupid. And I'm not talking about the full-blown imposter scenario. I'm just talking in general. There are times where you're just not comfortable. But when you have a community with you, when you're sitting next to a friend, it's like, hey, what do you think about this? Am I the only one that thinks this is a little bit crazy or something like that? Um, that's where you start to be able to come outside of your own shell, but be, be, be able to have those conversations. It helps engage and it does make it a lot more fun. I mean, it's not often that I'll go out in the evenings and just hang out in a bar, but I'll do that with PowerShellers because, well, that's kind of the fun part. <laughs> Same thing here. And when, when you're amongst the community, it just the sense of belonging and the sense of when you're talking yeah. to someone else who uses PowerShell, they get it. They've been troubleshooting things. They've experienced those commandlets uh, that maybe you have to read the docs for a couple times. And, and yeah, there's just we've, so there. we've all had the same experiences, right? We've all been in the help file going, I don't know what this parameter does and why it's arguing with me. I don't know. So we've all been there. We've, we've, we've cut our, our teeth on the same dirt. And so we, we can relate. And as we move forward with all the new technologies, with all the new things that we have to manage, PowerShell's right there for us, but we all still have to you know, learn new things. And so I think the community is the best at that. Um, I've been learning so much from the community since I've been at Microsoft. It's kind of astounding. I figured I'd go to Microsoft and that's where all my learning was coming from. Now the community is still teaching all of us on the team every single day. Yep. And we're better together. And the more perspectives, the better. Yeah. So please share your yeah, it sounds silly, but I so agree. We are better together. Well, really are. This podcast is a, a proof case of how great the community is. Because Andrew and I just wanted to talk about things going on in the community. We love it. And we assumed no one would want to talk to us. And so we were planning, oh, we'll get an interview once every three or four episodes. And otherwise, just be us. And then it, it took maybe two weeks before I realized that we could interview every week. And there's always 
people happy to talk. It's fantastic. We have a long well, list of people we still want to get to. And I have to tell you, you know, coming from, you know, the early days of PowerShell, we had, you know, John and Hal did a, such a fantastic job with the Power Scripting podcast. And when that podcast ended, I mean, there was this vacuum in the middle and it was kind of like, wow, is, is nobody interested anymore? So you guys took a big risk um, in doing it. And I'm so glad that um, it's working out really well because this is great for all of us. The more that we can communicate, the more that we can, hey, where do I find information on XYZ? Hey, did you check out the podcast? They talked about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, Jordan, a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about Crescendo documentation. Well, we went out there and made sure we fixed any problems with Crescendo documentation. This is how we grow and learn together. I was curious about that one because I knew when I talked about how I struggled with the learning curve on that. It's like, oh, am I stepping on? stepping on toes or hurting people's babies here. Cause I know it's very important to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, you know what the best part of this is, is that, um, and I can't forget who sent me, somebody sent me, and this is the other thing I appreciate about the community. Somebody sent me the link to the show that had just come out that day. And I went out and I listened to it and I remember going, wait a minute, what, what's he talking about? I mean, I, I totally agree that Sean's journey of crescendo is awesome, but so I went through the documentation. I pinged Sean, check the documentation, help me find out what's wrong. And I guess what my point to that is, is that we all take this seriously. You take it seriously. You take your job seriously. We take it seriously. And as a community, you know, instead of sitting in a corner going, boy, you know, I wish they'd fix this. Tell us, we'll try to fix it. <laughs> and that's and that's what we got from this was a great experience for us going, hey, let's make sure our ducks are in the row. Definitely. <clears throat> Always appreciate that. And I think we've encouraged people to file helpful issues when possible. Yeah. And if they run into issues implementing something or following along, you know, get an issue started. See, see what's going on. Um yeah, we always want people coming out to GitHub or, you know, I also realize that GitHub isn't necessarily comfortable for everybody. So you can send us an email. There are other ways to get a hold of us, but chat with us. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what problems you're running into. Definitely makes things easier for other people who want to learn as well. Yeah. And Andrew's been leading up some lunch and learns that I think we're talking about the basics of GitHub being a good topic just because even if it's not PowerShell specific, it has a lot of value and helps with PowerShell. So. Yeah, you know, I think, um, and I know Jeff Hicks is a big fan of this, but, you know, one of the things that um, um, usually we, we, we help IT folks with is it's important as you start scripting and you start automating and as you get further into it, look, you're going to end up with a lot of scripts <laughs> in a lot of different places. They're all going to be need to be edited. And then someday you're going to get a new job and somebody else is going to have to take over this mess. Why don't you make it easier for everybody? You need to have source control, full stop, in order to be able to do this effectively. GitHub's a great place to go to do that. And yes, GitHub can be very confusing. I mean, it, being in Microsoft, my GitFoo has really improved, but still, it is can be really confusing at times. Just take the small, easy pieces and start working with it. Get that source control in, a place for your scripts, a place where you know what updates you're doing, a place where you can roll things back. Make it maintainable. It's like the rest of the best practices in PowerShell. They're there so that you can write scripts that are maintainable by others and by yourself. So utilize it. It's good stuff. Definitely. And I think so many of us with PowerShell get started on GitHub with just one repository for your scripts. Um, and if that's how you need to start, that's that's so fantastic. But you're right. You need to CYA, cover your assets, um, and make sure that 
the time that you're investing, because uh, you know you're, you're investing work time often uh, on these scripts. You need to make sure that that's there. If there's an issue, if you move on, so on and so forth. And the earlier you get it done, the better, because it can be kind of um, well. It's just better to do things the right way. Yeah, yeah, and and it will pay for itself. The first time, and it will happen when you open up a script that's been edited four or five times by you, and you can't remember what's going on in it because you used aliases, you didn't document, uh, you didn't put in comments, you didn't. Do, but if you followed the best practices, you can open it, you can read it, you can understand it. So can someone else. That makes it maintainable, and that's what keeps every all your automation running. So. Yeah. And I think there's also a lot of amazing projects on GitHub and to be able to be on there a little bit more regularly, follow some people in the PowerShell community who do cool stuff, see what projects are kind of popping up and what interests you. And for me, it opened up my world in, a, in that way as well. It's like, oh, wow, there's a whole heap of projects out here that I can learn from. I can read the code and start to implement some of the same patterns that I see. And a little unknown secret is, is that many members of the PowerShell team are producing tools all the time that they put on GitHub in their own personal gists. So like, um, I always check out Jim Truer's gist because he always is making these little tools. Now, some of those tools we're officially bundling up and, and going to make available to everybody in a different mechanism, but they're all available there on GitHub. So it's a great way to both you see other projects and, and be able to look at code, but it's also a great way to be able to interact with people outside of the normal, you know, well, you know, I'm going to send an issue to the PowerShell team. Hey, man, how about having just a chat with Jim about something he did and, you know, some gist that you think is cool. That's pretty cool. Completely agree. Um, slight circle back to yeah. Spice World. How was, so I believe on uh, Tuesday, was it, you did a, I think four or five hour PowerShell, kind of how to start taking advantage of it. How'd that session Yeah, go? so Sean Wheeler, um, who is the documentarian for the PowerShell team, but when I say that, some people are like, well, what's he know about PowerShell? He's a super PowerShell nerd, has been, knows all of it. I mean, he, he isn't just an official documentarian. He's as much a technologist as well. So Sean, myself, and the legendary, infamous Jeff Hicks um, went to do uh, this. Uh, it was actually a three-hour uh, pre-con at Spice World. And this is something that we've done since, I think, 2015, 2016, I think, is when Jeffrey and I started doing it. Um, I really love this conference. It's got a lot of IT folks that are focused small, medium size. Um, there's a lot of, of, of challenges that they face. So I love hearing from that. And yeah, it was really exciting. We did a uh, uh, become immediately effective with PowerShell, kind of leaning on some of Don Jones's way of doing things. And basically, rather than drag, trying to drag you in three hours through the entire knowledge base of PowerShell, hey, how do you get started? How do you get started with the new stuff, like the new stuff that we've been bringing out that would be helpful to you, like PS Reline and its predictive IntelliSense, right? That will help you on your journey. So what we wanted to do was, hey, folks, let's show you how to get PowerShell set up, installed, get all the bells and whistles turned on that's going to help you. And now let's take a look at some of the things you, that you can do. So we did that. And then 
then Jeff Hicks did more of an advanced tool making and scripting. And I, I think our friend James Petty was there even talking a little bit about PowerShell security and best practices and stuff. So it was a great event for PowerShellers um, uh, because they had you know multiple sessions for PowerShell. And we stayed there all week. So we could just spend time chatting with folks and talking to them and seeing what problems they had, seeing if there were things that we could figure out that maybe we needed to do or if there was some help that we could give them. Uh, to help them open up and empower them to find their solutions. Very cool. Uh, I always enjoy helping people at that kind of range. You can see some light bulbs go off and see them connecting the dots about how powerful PowerShell can really be. Well, for me, that is definitely 100% my thing. It is 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 I, I've never been successful without help from someone else. And when I've been successful, I want to help someone else. So I, I've, I've always been. And when you see me do something, I'll often say, you know, I'll end things by saying, hey, go help someone. Because when you help someone, not only do you relearn it at a much deeper level, but when you help someone, you're, you're, they're forcing you to think about things you didn't think about. And between the two of you or three of you or 50 of you, You'll come up with answers that you could have never thought of all by yourself. And it's, it's kind of like working at Microsoft. That's what we do when we work. We don't just go into a vacuum somewhere and develop stuff. No, we talk to folks. We talk to a lot of folks because everybody's got a good idea. It's just trying to figure out how to get the best ones in. Yep. And when you teach someone, I just love how you force multiply. Like you have this cool new skill, you train someone else on it. All of a sudden there's double the power potentially. And if they teach someone, it just goes on and on and on. And uh, you also mentioned learning from it. Yeah. That's a huge part for me as well. It's like when you teach someone else, you solidify it, you see it from a slightly different perspective and that's how you kind of achieve mastery for me at least. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, for my part, a large part of my career, especially in the early days with PowerShell was, was teaching PowerShell. And, and that, you know, the idea was, I want this product to live. So I need more of you to use it so that Microsoft doesn't kill it, right? That was the early days. That's what a lot of us were thinking that way. But it, it turns out that really what a lot of us were just trying to do, like Jeff and my friend Don, all that kind of stuff, we actually just wanted to help people get better, you know, use this great tool that we found and see if it, you may not think it's great. Maybe this isn't for you, but if you do use it and you do think it's great, well, join the community and help others. That's really the, the, the biggest request. Now, I definitely want to circle back to the early days and, and the community development of PowerShell, but earlier you mentioned PS Readline, and I would love to get that covered out here in the front of the episode because I know so many people, every single time we mention it, people hit us up letting us know how much of a game changer it was for them. Oh, PS Reline. Um, and I, I don't know how far y'all want to go back, but I remember, I think it was PowerShell 4 and uh, Jason Shirk was working on PS Reline as, and when we first saw it, I think it was the summit in North America back then um, when we had first seen it, uh, right around that time frame. And at the time, it was we could use the ISE and get some color syntaxing because of the ISE and its web view. And it's like color syntaxing. Oh, that's so much helpful, especially when I'm looking. Helpful, helpful. But we, we never thought we'd see it in a command line, not through console. And Jason Shirk pulled out this magical trick. And all of a sudden, we had color syntaxing and these beautiful mechanics of PS Readline. And from that, 
it's been built on ever since. And I know um, uh, Dongbo Wang is the engineer primarily responsible for PS Readline. And it's been a, a constant building process of how do we improve this? How do we make it better? And I'm, I'm hoping what people have found, especially if you've worked with the new predictive intelligence, is that PS Readline continues to bring benefits to you at that console um, so that it makes it a little bit easier to use. I'm hoping, and you, if you take a look at the uh, PowerShell team blog, you'll see some of this. Steven Booker's been working on some new feedback providers for PS Readline. We're hoping to continue this, to make it even easier, to make PowerShell a beneficial shell. So let me give you an example. If you're a Linux person and you love Bash and you love Python, there's nothing wrong with that. Something you might try is, is to run PowerShell and do the same commands. Just have PowerShell sitting over top. Because one of the things that PowerShell can provide are some of these benefits like predictive IntelliSense that can help you use your native commands even better and easier. And one of the pro uh, feedback providers will automatically convert the output of many of your native commands into objects. Now, I, I talk to Linux folks all the time. I was one. Well, the biggest thing we always deal, deal with is I've got this arbitrary string output for my native commands. How do I do anything useful with it? PowerShell solved it by everything's an object. That's made it wonderful. But in Linux, you don't have that. So a lot of Linux folks, they pipe everything to JC, JQ. Well, we now have a feedback provider that's going to do the same thing for you to do this for you automatically. So what I'm saying is, is that PS Readline benefits PowerShell users, making their lives easier, syntax coloring, all that kind of stuff. But it can benefit Linux users doing Linux things, just running PowerShell as a shell over top of it. Um, and getting those benefits that PowerShell can provide. It's the, I think the best part about PowerShell is it's not just for Wayne Dallas. The PowerShell team, it definitely is cross-platform. The entire team is cross-platform. We think cross-platform. We try to solve problems cross-platform. In, in the old days, it was the Linux guys versus the Windows guys. And I'll tell you what, folks, what it really is, just hug it out. Because regardless of platform, we're all experiencing the same problems. Hey, I need to deploy software. Doesn't matter whether it's Linux or Windows or not. I need to do I need to enact configuration management. Doesn't matter if it's Linux or Windows. I just need this done. So we're solving the same problems and we're stronger together. So that's it's kind of nice to be able to work with everyone. Okay, Pat, I totally agree. You mentioned something. I want to get a little more info about. So, um, what is that? How do you enable that provider that gives you? That automatically converts so, native things. So, I, if you take a look now, now you may have to ask Stephen. He posted a blog. I, I've been out of town with you. In fact, oh yes. Um, they changed the name. It used to be called. If you were following our RFCs, and that it used to be called the JSON adapter. This is something that Jim Truer uh, started working on um, after Crescendo on trying to make it a little bit easier for folks that are using Linux native commands to get objects out of them. And Stephen Booker picked it up and is transforming it to a feedback provider. And I think he's also changed the name. It's now a PowerShell, PowerShell yeah. adapter feedback provider. Thank you. Microsoft. I knew I was going to screw that up. I should have had a list. Of we got your back. We got your back. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> no, but that is very cool. And I love, I haven't thought of it from that perspective where it's like, no, you can do things pretty much the same way, but just, run it in PowerShell, and there's extra features that are just available to you. 
just yep. they're there. There you go. Yeah. What? Uh, and I, I, I know uh, if, if folks have met Steve Lee, it's one of our, our lead engineers. Biggest things is everybody's got to remember that PowerShell is a shell. Um, and what that means is you can run your native applications from PowerShell. And I do this demonstration all the time where I'll launch Notepad and Calculator and Word, but then I'll go to a Linux box and I'll load and I'll launch text edit and all kinds of stuff. It's a shell. And PowerShell brings additional features and benefits to both Linux and Windows users that might help you. And if you're a Bash user doing Windows things or not doing Windows things, it's something for you to consider trying. It, it might be useful for you. Working with objects is good. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't think it matters where you sit or what your preference is. Everyone agrees that object is better to get back. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's a lot easier to work with, and especially in the nature of, of what we're doing. Um, it's a lot easier to work with, so I agree. Yeah. Once you see the light of objects, that's, again, when you're teaching people PowerShell, when they get objects, oh, my gosh, such a breakthrough, such a fun moment. Well, I used to, I used to um, talk with my friends about... Um, well, if you have Linux folks, what do you teach them to get them excited? Well, you teach them that PowerShell does makes objects. They already know the pipeline. They already know they know what scalable management is. You're not teaching them anything there. They know how to run a command. What they need to understand is what PowerShell is going to benefit them. And the first thing was everything's an object, and all of a sudden their heads explode. Hey, this is actually pretty great, um, and this is really nice. For uh, developers, it was always teaching them the pipeline. Once they saw the power of the pipeline, how they could actually have many programs running in a single line, you know, these, these, these for-each loops of pipeline after pipeline after pipeline doing these things, it becomes a pretty powerful way to do stuff. So um, there's benefits to everybody, I think, uh, uh, when it comes down to it, when it comes to management, because PowerShell is so focused on managing the things that um, that it, it accomplished that goal. And now it's just a question to us on, well, how do I use it best in my in my environment to manage those things? And I think PS3 line has taken such huge strides to improve that process. And I personally yeah. just love the investment into PS3 line. It's been, oh my gosh, awesome. And I, 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 I'm certainly, you know, not trying to talk out of turn and I'm sure Stephen would have much more to tell you, but I I happen to know that he's working on more and more stuff for PS Readline to make it even better. Not just more feedback providers and other type of prediction providers, but more things in PS Readline to make uh, your life a little bit easier. So this is definitely a space that's going to continue to grow and change. And he did a talk at PowerShell Summit this year. This year, yeah. And it was so insightful to me. I was Whenever I watched it, my biggest takeaway is like, Steven has a mind for this. Like he oh, clearly man. thinks in a way that's quite helpful and, and conducive to coming up with great ideas for PS Readline and that whole interaction with the shell and kind of rethinking it and definitely yeah. recommend checking that out. He has a new set of eyes on an old set of problems, which is great. But here's what the other thing is. Yes, he's definitely one of the best people to be working on it. He's definitely totally engaged. But what I really appreciate from him is his respect and admiration for the community and trying to learn from them um, on, on what they do and what their preferences are. So that as he's working on PS Readline features and some other features um, that he works on, that um, he's bringing those to the right people. And so I, I have a deep appreciation for how much he cares about the, the community and the work that PowerShell does. Definitely. And I think we've mentioned Jim Truer, Steve Lee, 
now Stephen Booker. Um, we've done podcasts with all these people in the past if you want to learn more about them. Yeah, and I think you guys have talked to Sydney, right? Because yep. Sydney oh, is definitely... She's been working extra hard on new community initiatives. So if you're feeling like, gee whiz, I didn't even know there was a PowerShell team at Microsoft. Well, there is. There's a big one. And Sydney Smith is, is, is creating things for you to be involved in if you're interested. New PGIs, all kinds of conversations where we can need your help. And we'd love for you to, to, to talk to us. Um, something else that she started doing that I, I, I think we're going to see more of is bug bashes, where... We need, we, we've written a piece of software, we've written a tool, and we need to see where it breaks. Now, look, folks, we can sit in our office and try to break it, but nobody breaks stuff better than the community. And that's not a negative at all. That's a super positive. So we like to have these bug bashes and you come in and you try the tool out and then, hey, this didn't work. Oh, great. What were you doing? And you do this live with us. Uh, and so you're working directly with us and helping us out. So. Yeah, talk to Sydney and look forward to joining in more of the PowerShell team-initiated community things. And I think currently there's a PowerShell community call that happens every month. Is that right? Yeah, third third Thursday of every month. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's 9.30 Seattle time uh, <laughs> in the morning, whatever that is for everybody else. Um, but this third Thursday of every month, uh, this is something the PowerShell team has done for a long time, many years. And this community call is a great way for folks to be able to both, you get to hear, hey, what's the latest things we're working on? When do we think we're going to ship certain things? When do we think we're going to preview certain things? So you get to keep an eye on us and our schedule and what we're doing. But even more important, though, we have community updates, conferences, events, all kinds of interesting things. Plus, a lot of community members stop by and show demos of the things that they're working on. So it's not just what's the team doing, it's what's the team doing plus what's the community up to. So it's we're trying to create this vibe of inclusion, you know, where everybody is welcome to come in and talk. It doesn't matter whether you're IT, dev, whatever. No fear. Come on in. Let's have a chat. Third Thursday of every month. Third Thursday. How could you forget it? And I definitely recommend, I can tell that you all put some emphasis on making it community oriented. And it's been very cool to experience that. And to me, it's kind of like a user group sort of like you get to kind of tap in with the people working on the product and the new features and whatnot. And then also learn new projects, learn new things, maybe meet some new people. And, and it's amazing. There's even if you, you keep up with us, there's always something new that you're going to learn um, that we're working on or that we're doing. And I, what I think the best part is what I always really wanted to do and why I used to go to conferences to do this was I just wanted to meet the people that worked on it. Um, if anything, I wanted to know a little bit more about them. Or do, do you guys even know Linux or is this a, something that you just envision how, no, you, and you guys know this from the original team of Jeffrey Snover, Jim Truer, and Bruce Payette all the way to now. No, there are a lot of Linux people on the team. There's a lot of windows people on the team that are hardcore windows, hardcore Linux. This is, I think one of the reasons, part of the magic sauce that makes PowerShell work so well is that it's different folks from different environments coming together going, yeah, we all have the same problem to solve. Let's solve it for one, once and for all. Yes. And it's so great that we now have that cross-platform capability on skills that some of us invested in before that was the thing when it was just a Windows PowerShell. So it's a, it's a good time to be a PowerSheller. 
somebody asked me uh, not too long ago what my favorite version of PowerShell um, is. And it, and that trips me up because um, for me in industry, PowerShell 2, when remoting came out, gave me the scalability for everything. And I could now manage anything I wanted to globally, totally confident, without fear of, oh, I'm not, the, the, the tool's not going to be able to do it. No, that was never an issue at that point. So PowerShell tool 2 has always been this thing in my head as being most impactful to me. But I got to be honest with you, it's, it's really PowerShell 6 when it first came out because it was cross-plat. That it, and I, you know, there are arguments for PowerShell five because it came out with DSC and the configuration management was such an important thing. And I, myself and others like Gail Colas, I mean, we lived our lives by DSC, but PowerShell six was cross-platform. And what that really meant was is that some of these silos of arguments of we do it this way, they do it that way, and neither of the two shall ever meet. Well, we, we started talking to each other instead of yelling at each other across Linux and Windows boundaries, and we started to solve problems together. And I think that was the beautiful vision, but it actually started to happen where we, we start to work. And today, um, I, I now spend a lot of time working on Cloud Shell where that's the perfect union. I mean, that's both shells, Bash and PowerShell together. And I've got two customers that are normally they think they were completely separate, but oddly enough, they are exactly the same. So it, it, it's good because we get to solve those problems together. So I kind of lean towards the cross-platformness of PowerShell has really helped unify a lot of folks together for automation. Now, you mentioned Cloud Shell. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? I know we've covered yeah. it a handful of times, So what is Cloud Shell? And I think a lot of people may have access to it. So I obviously, huge PowerShell fanboy. I mean, stole the license plate from the, the guy himself. You know, it's Huge PowerShell uh, fanboy, but Cloud Shell is a little bit different than that. Cloud Shell is the same shell experience that you would expect on your laptop or your server, managing your systems, only this is in the Azure portal. So when you go to the Azure portal, Cloud Shell owns the bottom third of that space. When you click the Cloud Shell button, you get a prompt up and it looks just like whatever shell you want. You get two options. You can have Bash, or you can have PowerShell. One of the things I like to do is I just start Bash and then type PWSH and get PowerShell. <laughs> Either way, Bash users can be comfortable in Bash. PowerShell users can be comfortable in PowerShell. Both users can cross easily between them. The best part about CloudShell is all of the tooling in there is always up to date. Now, that Sounds more like a marketing term than anything, but think about this, because when I'm using PowerShell, if I have to manage anything in Azure, that means I'm going to need either Azure PowerShell for the, the Azure PowerShell commandlets, or I can work with AZCLI for a command experience. Well, I have to install all that. And I don't know if you guys have recently installed like AZ PowerShell or not, but it's a lot of stuff and it takes a long time to download. But here's the tricky part. You think, well, okay, I'll install it. I'll configure it. It's all good and all that. Well, cloud speed. Cloud speed is different than what a lot of people are accustomed to. Here's what cloud speed is. All of those tools, Azure PowerShell, Azure CLI, and a whole bunch more get updated every single month. Not just little updates, big updates. That's because every time the wonderful people of Azure come up with a new feature, guess what? You got to be able to manage that with a CLI. So Azure PowerShell, Azure CLI, they got to make sure they're getting all those features in. So every month it's an update. 
Cloud Shell is already up to date. Every time you go and use it, it's already up to date. You don't have to worry about any of that tooling. So it's there. And I like to refer to Cloud Shell as available anywhere, anytime, any device, simply because it's a web browser experience, but it's not only a web browser experience. Some people, this drives them nuts. I don't run a shell in a web browser. It closes, I lose stuff, it doesn't. You can run Cloud Shell right in VS Code, which is usually what I do. VS Code, where I'm writing my scripts and all that, You've got the terminal down at the bottom, and you can pick your local shells. You can also use, if you add as an extension, AZ accounts, you can add in Cloud Shell, which means you can flip between your local PowerShell, test something, and go, yeah, let me go test that in Azure real quick. Flip to Cloud Shell, fire that script up in your uh, subscription, easy peasy. So I think a lot of folks think of Cloud Shell maybe as only this web shell. It's a, it is your cloud shell. It is there for you where you need it. It's in Windows Terminal. The best terminal Windows has ever had is Windows Terminal. Um, you got to get that new release. Cloud Shell runs great in Windows Terminal along with PowerShell 7, PowerShell 5.1. I mean, all of that stuff. So, so for me, Cloud Shell is a great experience and a great place for folks to come for their shell experience for both troubleshooting, you know, doing that interactive work where, hey, we're, I think I have a system down in this region. Let me check it out to, hey, I want to automate some changes. So it's, it's a nice way to go. If you're working with Azure, check out Cloud Shell. Very cool. Yeah, I have a link to a blog about configuring Azure Cloud Shell connector in Windows Terminal in the show notes. So yeah, do- check out the AZ accounts. I think it's az.accounts as an extension for bringing mm-hmm. Cloud Shell into uh, VS Code. It's totally awesome. Oh, yeah, and I, I, I didn't have to hear tell that you. one. Oh, yeah, you got to try that. That's that's definitely my favorite. Um, and I got to tell you, we the Cloud Shell team is just about to release some new features that folks might be interested in. Um, when you use Cloud Shell, one of the first things that happens is we create a storage account for you. Now, that storage account, you actually pay for It's not a big deal if it's one, but if you're a big company, and you're creating hundreds of them, that could be a big deal. Here's why that storage account exists. It's so that you can persist files in Cloud Shell, so that you can copy up your scripts, and they'll always be there if you want. I don't happen to need persistent storage, and I know a lot of other folks don't either. I don't like to store things through my shell session up there. So we're coming out with something called ephemeral sessions. You can choose to use ephemeral sessions that create no storage accounts. That means free, as in free-free. Cloud Shell is already free, but now you don't even pay for the storage accounts. So for big companies, that's a big load off. But for you as an individual, faster startup time. You don't have less to worry about. And if you are concerned that, well, if I create a file in my cloud drive, could anybody get to it? Well, no, because after you leave the session, that entire container gets destroyed. So, hey, it's nice and secured. Ephemeral is lightweight. It'll be a lot of fun. Plus, we're bringing in a new UX to make it easier to work Cloud Shell and find your way around it. So expect to see those in the next couple of months. All right, you sold wow. me. I'll buy. <laughs> well, that's the way I talk. I'm not trying to sell you the That's very cool. So let's go back in time. Um, whenever I got into PowerShell, I think a bunch of stuff was just talked about version three, maybe we're version four. I don't even know. But what I can say is that uh, I and so many others learned from a lot of your instructions. And I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out the MVA series. So many people shout out. I love that one as well. 
Well, I, I appreciate that. The, the shooting the uh, video series with Jeffrey Snover uh, still to this day has is, is been one of the greatest honors of my life. I mean, it's Jeffrey freaking Snover. I mean, the guy. Um, so it, it was a great honor. But I think one of the, the, the best parts to that is, is and this is, it happens to be the case with a lot of the folks at Microsoft. They don't have horns and they're not scary. In other words, one of the nicest things about Jeffrey is he's one of the nicest humans you'll ever meet. And he's humble and he wants to talk to you and he wants to hear from you. He wants to hear about you and how you solve problems. And if you're talking to him about PowerShell, that even makes him happier. And that's great. And what my goal with that video series was not only to try to teach how to use PowerShell, but the most important thing to me out of that was getting Jeffrey to tell us why does it work this way? Why does it exist this way? What did they go through to do this? Did they actually take ideas from PHP and other shells and other things, which they did, but how did that become part of PowerShell? And so what I always really enjoy about that series, even today, is the amount of knowledge, just sheer raw tonnage of knowledge that comes from Jeffrey Snover about how this product got put together and what problems they were trying to solve. Um, so it's, it's truly amazing, but thanks for bringing that up. That is, it was a lot of fun to do that. And uh, that along with, you know, being able to work with, uh, some of the great educators of PowerShell, like Don Jones or Jeff Hicks that wrote the books on it, Richard Sidaway back in the day, who was uh, uh, real big and all of the newer people as well that, uh, have been working on it have been a real honor. Yeah. Uh, on that MVA series, I learned a lot kind of just of observing how you both taught the class. And I think you did a really good job at making things seem more approachable, which I think is not too much of a surprise that you had a bit of a, a craft to your teaching, because I think you've been an educator for quite a while leading up until that. I think, when did you get started as an educator for PowerShell? And I guess if you were educating shells before that? Yeah, I started teaching in NetWare 3. Um, I've always had this thing where I love helping customers. And what I found is, is I, I originally was working for Arthur Anderson. And then when that broke up, some other uh, spinoff consulting firms, things like that. And I would be at a customer site. Yes, I'd be there to solve a set of problems or, or do a thing. But what would happen is, is that I'd always get pulled into the meetings and I would always end up teaching them how that they would want to know. Well, how did, why does this happen? What does it? And I really enjoy that customer time, um, being able to talk through a scenario, trying to ensure that we're covering the right things and how things work. So I always split my career between solving technical problems and then teaching about them. And I've done that since, well, the 90s. Uh, and I started out with NetWare 3 and got into Windows NT and then off from there. I was really fortunate. I was at a great location, uh, Interface Technical Training in Phoenix, Arizona, that when Monad came out, I was, I think I'd been teaching a VB script class or something and the public release of Monad came out. I went running into my boss's office and I just put my laptop down with Monad and I said, you need to look at this because that is our future. And I said, I don't know if it's going to ship, it might ship with exchange, it might die right after it, but that's our future and I'm gonna write a course on this and this is what we're gonna start doing. And that started it for me. And so starting with PowerShell 1, Don was writing the uh, lunches book at that time, which was a great help to me and my knowledge. And I was putting materials together so we could help people start to automate in 
the non-brittle languages. I mean, at that time, all we had were in, we had a lot of languages, like 35 different parsing engines, but they were like Winbatch and Autoit and all of these things. They were great, but they only did one small thing. And if you chained them together, they got really brittle and things would fall apart. PowerShell came in and went, here's the way to do everything. And it was a promise that you could look at and kind of go, yeah, I don't know. But it was a promise that held true. So for me, getting into PowerShell, helping people with it, and then going and training about PowerShell was a perfect, perfect unification of everything I want to do. I want to help people and I want to be in tech. So those were the two phases that I just seemed to always do. Yeah, that's, gosh, I didn't realize you've, I mean, I guess it makes sense, I assumed, but to be able to see PowerShell since relatively its inception, right? You saw Monad, um, and then to see where it is today, oh my gosh. I feel like not only has the language changed so much, but the general sentiment in IT, our approach, like our collective understanding of how to communicate and how to learn and how to make mistakes is so much different. Um, gosh, I don't even know what to ask because I'm just kind of mind blown at, at what that perspective's got to be like. I'm sure that's been uh, pretty rewarding in some ways to be able to see that development of, of people and of the language. And I have to say that the PowerShell that I started with is still the PowerShell that everybody else starts with. It's the same PowerShell. It's commandlets. The pipeline works the same way. Everything is the same. It hasn't changed. People will say to me, you know, oh, that MVA video series, that was shot, you know, so long ago. Is there any value to it? It's all still the same. <laughs> it's, it's all still the same. What PowerShell did was solved a problem. To, and that problem was, how do we empower you to face whatever situation and have a tool that you can rely on. It should be just like a trusty hammer or a trusty screwdriver, trusty set of tools that you're working on a car or a bike or the kitchen door. It doesn't matter. It matters that what you're working on, it matters the quality of the tooling in front of you and that it feels the same every time you grab it and pick it up to use it, it's comfortable in your hands. That's what PowerShell is. It's the same PowerShell that I start with. When I use, I use PowerShell all day long and every morning when I open my shell, it's the same shell. It's just we've added so much more richness because, well, nothing stands still for long. So the PowerShell team keeps enhancing and adding features as technology enhances and added features. And that's one of the beautiful things about it is PowerShell is still growing. People ask me all the time, well, is it like done yet? Well, it will be done as soon as y'all stop inventing computer stuff. It'll be done, but. Okay. So in the history of PowerShell, there've been a lot of changes um, over mm -hmm. time, big announcements. What has been the biggest one that you've witnessed? Not necessarily at Microsoft, but biggest impact to community, biggest long-term implications. I imagine it might be PowerShell going cross-platform, like you mentioned earlier, but uh, maybe yeah. another one also. Well, and it, and I, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna tell you about the one that that really hit me the hardest. It was it was in the days of PowerShell four, and it was a tech ed where Kenneth Hansen, who at the time was the the program manager for uh, lead for the PowerShell team, and Jeffrey Snover stood up on stage and went, "We're going to show you this thing called DSC." 
And I had just finished a book on IIS and, and I had written a, the last chapter I had written on scalable uh, web management for IIS, which was at the time using the web farm framework. And what they had shown with DSC basically nuked everything I'd ever done right out of the water. This was going to change how we in Windows could manage Windows. So for me, the biggest impact was that original DSC announcement and then running with that through the PowerShell five days. And the reason that I wanted to bring that up is that not just to answer the question of the biggest impact then, but still the, it's the biggest impact today because recently, thanks to the hard work of the community, Gail Colas and the entire DSC community um, along with uh, Michael Green, who's who's uh, uh, been who's run DSC for a long time until it got stopped being developed on all that stuff. All these folks have been working really hard to to get us to start DSC development again, and it's happened. We're starting DSC development, brand new version of DSC. It's going to be different. It's going to work different. It's going to be a lot more flexible for a lot more people. In other words, it's going to be easier for folks to make resources so that DSC is more useful, not just to Windows, but to other applications and even cross-platform. This through partners like Winget, this makes me as happy as I can be. I am not the person like in charge of or running any of that DSC stuff. I get to sit back and just enjoy the fact that we once again are doing the right thing with configuration management. And so it's things like this that are really exciting. I've seen a lot of great, important announcements with PowerShell, but the, the thing that really interests me is what's next? Because it's amazing. Just when you think, well, there's nothing else for us to do, all of a sudden there's a lot for us to do. Oh, have you guys heard about this AI thing? I think there's going to be more work for us to do. So there's always new tech, always new stuff to go into PowerShell. Always new stuff to learn. <laughs> I think it's one of my favorite parts about this career is that yeah. it's just constant learning, constant new things for your brain to munch on. Well, let me ask you guys something. I mean, you guys have been now doing the podcast for a while and you've been doing PowerShell. And I know, Andrew, I remember when you're the first time you were at Summit. Um, so, I mean, it's been a while, uh, but uh, I mean, how has this experience been for you guys? I mean, obviously, since you're doing the podcast, you like PowerShell. It's an important part of your, 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 your lives and your careers. But when you're actually sitting there by yourself trying to solve a problem with PowerShell, I mean, what's that like for you? How has sure. that? Been? You got it. I I don't know. So I was always, and this is gonna make me look bad, a, a GUI guy. I like to click. That's something. And, well, it is if you are working in scale and want to go quickly. That's when it's bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> so from there, and I was hard to move off. I I. Uh, once I lock into something that I enjoy, I hard to move off it. So PowerShell was the only thing that I found that moved off it because it made everything possible. And I did the unimaginable is I automated myself out of a job, but it led, <laughs> but it led to this current job, which I enjoy way more anyway. So like it was a, it's just the gift that kept on giving. And I don't know, I, I owe a lot of, my career and what I enjoy today based on PowerShell and my brother that made me learn it under threat of violence. Your brother's awesome. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say that, gosh, first of all, PowerShell has been life-changing for me. I mean, gosh, really feel like I'm living my dreams and in large part, thanks to PowerShell. Um, but whenever I'm working on PowerShell, it seems like it's just 
my comfort zone. I really enjoy it whenever I'm helping someone come up with a solution or whatever. And I'm going through that process of running commands. Wait, does this work? And like, oh, whoops, I made a mistake. It's the wrong variable name. Yeah, if you mistype things, it won't work well. Um, but I really enjoy it. I enjoy running get help like I have so many times before to read the examples and then not have to do much more work after that. Um, you know, I'm, so, I, I, I'm actually so glad you said that because I, that's the, that is still thrilling for me is, is going through the help. And here's why it's thrilling for me because the tool is helping me understand how to use the tool. And I, I can do this. I can figure this out. It's giving me enough help that I'm going to be successful. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Um, and so I, I actually love putting the pieces together, solving the puzzle. That's always been the fun part. And I think PowerShell makes that a, a great experience. I'm so glad to hear that. It's so much fun. Like once you get to a certain competency with PowerShell, as you know, you know, being able to just use the pipeline and compose and, and oh, whoops, made a mistake. Just up arrow, keep working on it. You know, I really enjoy that process of getting things to work. And oftentimes for me, that can end up being a one-liner, which I'll turn into a script if I need to. But that whole, oh, I just love it when you're working with the pipeline, you're piping com uh, commands together, and it's just one nice little unit. Nothing well, one, one tip that um, I, I've noticed, um, and I, I didn't think I was the only one. I knew that there were other people that did this, but one of the tips that I think is one of the best ones that I see a lot of my friends doing is it's not just the, you know, yeah, I get to use PowerShell. It's the automation mindset. If I have to do something more than once, <laughs> I'm not, I, I, it, in other words, I'm with you, Jordan. I like a GUI because oftentimes a GUI explains the kind of explains the technology and what its requirements are to me at first, right? I, I know what its mandatory fields are by looking at the, the GUI and so forth. But if I need to do it in scale or if I need to do it twice, that's a great time to automate it. It's that automation mindset that has people do this. Every little thing, like I'll give you an example, Sean Wheeler, I don't think he ever manually types anything anymore. I mean, he's always hitting um, some function that he's built. Hey, uh, Sean, are your repos up to date? They are now. Um, is there's a file in a repo somewhere at Microsoft named XYZ? <laughs> Found it. Got a function that finds all this stuff. I've automated everything. And so it, the thing is, is that automating small things just for yourself, often little tiny things. Oh, I'm just gonna. I have to copy this every two weeks. Automate it. That helps you build the skills to start doing bigger and more things. And it gets you into that automation mindset of why would I do, why would I type something twice? Just here, I'm going to type it once. Now I've fixed the problem. Now let's just automate that and make sure I never have to do it again. So automate even small things. Yep. And take ownership of your career and, and automate your workflow, right? The way that you interact. We know PowerShell is available everywhere. So your next job, you're still going to have access to it. You know, figuring out your workflow, your personal task things that you do that could be automated and improved. Um, but yeah, that mindset shift has been so uh, fun to experience, right? Being able to think in objects, being able to think in a way where, okay, let's just solve this problem once and automate it and it's done. You know, add it to configuration, whatever the case may be, and then solve it for good. And being able to solve problems in that way that are not just 
technical in nature, you know, being able to think differently because you've explored automation and, and thought of problems from maybe a, a different perspective or from more of an up-down view. It's kind of how I think of it, but so much it fun. Made, it made my technical career a lot easier being able to um, um, essentially, you know, a, there's always in IT, we always have, there's going to be a new product launch. You're going to have to install new product. You're going to have to deploy new product. You're going to have to migrate from old existing product. These big projects, you know, exchange migration, SQL migrate, you know, these things are huge, painful, scary things to do. Well, PowerShell took the fear out because if I could sit down in a lab environment, write up some scripts to do the migration, the automation, write up some testing. Hey, I'm ready to go. When are we going to get that product in? Let's go ahead and start migration. I'm not afraid of it. Let's just do it and see what goes wrong, and then we'll fix it as we need to, right? So PowerShell enabled me to know that there was a solution in the scale that I could achieve. All I had to do was get there. So it took a lot of that fear of the unknown away, because even though the unknowns are still there, I knew the tool worked and would empower me to solve the problem. Now, it took me a couple of years to trust PowerShell that much. Does this tool really work that well? I know it works on Exchange and it works on some other things, but does it work on VMware? Does it work on this? Does it work on that? And it turns out, yes, it does. So when we, as you were saying earlier, Jordan, PowerShell just seems to work everywhere. Yes. And then when we say that, it sounds like a sales, marketing, superfluous term or something. But honestly, when you sit down and you start working with the technology, you start to figure out, yeah, this is a great, this is a great hammer or a great, you know, tool like that, that it's comfortable in my hands and I, I can use it on anything I need to, to solve the problem. And every problem's a no. <laughs> Every there you go. Every problem turns out to be a nail. <laughs> oh, gosh. So Thank I, you so much for those. Go ahead. I, I just want to say I, I had, uh, I, I was teaching and didn't realize it moment. And I figured this is the company that would appreciate the story is at a, he started in IT a decade ago. I was there on day one of his help desk. And I've always referred to him as my future boss. He's just, he's very good, but he never understood PowerShell, wanted nothing to do with it. And then after I left that company and he moved to a new company, he started doing it more and more. And he used to always contact me. He's like, hey, do you want to do some PowerShell as a contract work? And I kept on doing, he kept on asking questions. And I, I didn't realize I was teaching just by doing and answering questions. And so uh, about a month ago, he hit me up and said, hey, I wrote some PowerShell. Do you want to see if it works correctly? And I've never been more proud. Score. Yeah. <laughs> Well, see, you, you actually turned out to be a really good teacher because in that, like I said, that the episode um, uh, uh, a couple of episodes ago when you were, and thank you for having the great conversation about Crescendo, uh, my favorite product, um, um, and, and some of the challenges you were facing, that was, that was a very teachable moment. And it was a very teachable moment for us to be going, you know, to check our stuff to go, hey, we want to make sure we're teaching the right things too. So we love that kind of conversation. And so that was uh, really helpful to us um, and hopefully helpful to everyone um, out there. And oh, I just got to get this plug in because Jordan, I, I just, I am so happy. You were so kind and you got, both of you were so kind in talking about Crescendo, which for everybody's uh, to know what Crescendo is, uh, PowerShell Crescendo is a platform or a framework that lets you turn native commands, whether they be Windows or they be Linux commands, essentially into PowerShell commandlets. 
Um, so we create this proxy of a PowerShell commander with parameters, all that help, all that kind of stuff uh, around these native commands to make it a little bit easier for you to automate with. And you can get objects out then and you can work with objects. So it might be something that some people really enjoy, makes their life a lot easier, especially if you're trying to share very complicated native commands like cube control to maybe somebody not as skilled as you are. So you want to kind of make it easier for them, turn it into a command. Maybe then turn that commandlet into a GUI. That's okay too. Um, but Crescendo lets you uh, quickly and easily do that. And it's, it's something that um, I, I really care a lot about because I thought it was a problem that I always had. And I thought it was great fun that we got a chance to, to work on solving that problem. And today, today, we shipped 1.1 uh, the general availability of Crescendo, and I'm so glad that it's come out. Thanks to everyone uh, in the community that um, gave us great ideas. Uh, somebody was asking me the other day, well, what'd you guys come up with for this GA and Crescendo? I didn't come up with anything. The community came up with a list of things that, of scenarios that we weren't aware of, or maybe we were aware of in some cases, but we didn't think too many people ran against them. Turns out, Great scenario. So every feature we've added came directly from the community coming out to our GitHub and chatting with us. That's the importance of talking to the PowerShell team, coming out to GitHub, chatting with us, coming to the community calls. When you speak, we listen. It, I know sometimes you're like, oh, they're not listening to me. We are. <laughs> we are. There's just a lot of you. <laughs> a couple of users, I guess. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think those were all the mandatory plugs we, we needed to cover. And I think we got some fantastic history and insights. But Jordan, I think you got three very important questions to yeah, ask. The common priority. I was actually about to dive into, we're going to have to have you back on because I had questions that uh, I'm, I'm sitting on here. That's okay. Well, we'll get you next time. I'm, I'm locking you in as a future guest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great are way you, to ask. Are you ready for the common parameters? No one says no to me. I'm adorable. <laughs> yes, you are. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, what's one time something went wrong while on the job, and what did you learn from it? Say that again. What is one time something went wrong while on the job, and what did you learn from it? Um, so some people know this because I often will talk about some of my most embarrassing moments. Um, let me give you the most embarrassing when something went wrong. Um, if you've been in a data center, um, and uh, have you all seen what that red, that red button on the wall, or there's a couple of red buttons that go down the wall. Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced what that is, but that's, uh, you, well, now today it's no longer Halon, it's FM 200, and that's a fire suppressant. The rule is if there's a fire, hit the button. When you hit the button, all power is disconnected because it's electrical fire. Doors get magnetically shut, and FM 200 kills all the, you know. It, anyways... Smacking one of those by accident at a customer that is responsible for shipping packages is probably not a brilliant idea. Um, what did I learn? Don't smack that red button. But more importantly, how to clean up that mess. Uh, <laughs> but um, So there's a lot of silly things that I've done, but the, the, I think what has really been one of the most impactful learning experiences for me was when I got into configuration management with DSC. That was a new area for me at the time, and there were great leaders in that, uh, Stephen Morosky, 
Uh, I would say Gail Colas was was also at that time in there. Um, my current boss, Michael Green, was a big leader um, from the Windows side in configuration management. And what I learned was how difficult that can be at times, and what and the uh, uh, how challenging managing drift can be and then reenacting those configurations and how challenging rebuilding things can be. Even when you have a configuration, it's, there are a lot of challenges along the way. And probably my greatest learning experiences was, was learning how to use configuration management in scale in production. And that was, that was very challenging, but it was well worth it because the environment post that was a much easier uh, environment to both manage and audit and prove what it could do and what it was doing. So, so I, I'm taking a different take on your your first one with the button. It's not that uh, you made a mistake. What you did is you taught that data center that they should probably have some sort of cover on those buttons. Well, and oddly enough, I'm glad you said that because it was a new data center for this company at the time, and they did not have the covers on the buttons, and I backed up and slammed into it. Because I was in the middle of a migration that had suddenly not turned the wrong direction at two o'clock in the morning, and I was angry and I was yelling and screaming and backed up and slammed into it. So don't get angry, don't get frustrated. It's just ones and zeros. It'll be okay. That's good All advice. Right. That's good advice. All right. Second common parameter. Are you ready? Okay. With all the knowledge you have now, everything you've accumulated, what's one bit of advice you'd give your younger self when you were first starting? Well, not that I don't need lots of advice <laughs> and not that I didn't need lots of advice back then, but I think what I'd tell my younger self is help someone. In other words, that's the right thing. For me, I've been very happy with my career, not because I've made money or stuff like that, but because I've been able to be in an environment with uh, 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 wonderful people being able to help other people be successful, which is one of the reasons why I'm such a PowerShell fanboy, because it's not so much about PowerShell, it's about the philosophy of PowerShell, which is, it's a tool, folks, but it empowers you to do so much and gives you the ability to take charge of your career and to take charge of your environment. And in other words, you're not sitting there just trying to figure out, will this tool let me do it? The tool will do it. Just go do it. So I tell myself, yep, help people. That's always good advice. All right, last common parameter. This one's the most difficult. Uh-oh. I'm trying to write a blog on this, and it's not easy. What are your favorite modules? Oh, favorite modules. Well, <laughs> I almost have to scream PS Readline because, let's face it, folks, <laughs> um, uh, crescendo, of course, because you know that's that's what I, that's near and dear to my heart. But um, when it comes to modules, I try not to think too much about the built-in ones to PowerShell. I just kind of assume them as part of the engine. What I'm really impressed by are a lot of the community modules out there. James Brundage has these great modules that he's doing. I was just playing again with another version of Doug Fink's AI module. What I am impressed with isn't necessarily what module have I used the longest, because that's probably going to be, you know, any of the PowerShell ones that are already built in or something like that. But the, every, the, how people adapt the new technologies, put it into a module, and then they're willing to share it with other folks. 
that's part of that helping thing. Because, you know, Doug Fink could have sat in his corner and never told anybody about all of the AI solutions he's been working on and all that kind of stuff. And he could have just given that to his friends. But because he shares it, I get to learn from it. And I get to see how incredibly interesting this is. So favorite modules, yes, PS Readline, but really the current community work, I, I enjoy so much going through everybody's stuff. All right. Well, I don't know if you were aware of this, but I mean, you are a legend in the PowerShell space, but we're actually have been the entire time with a legend of a completely different space. I mean, PowerShell as well, but Andrew Plaw is the world's authority on shilling a podcast. And even, even better is, even though he's achieved perfection, he's willing to absorb advice learned from others. So Jeffrey Schnover once said it's okay to make mistakes during the state of the show. And he took that to heart. And last week, he permanently, he purposely made a mistake by uh, getting my social wrong. Not, not that he made a mistake. He was a teaching lesson for him. But now we get to sit here in front of just the greatest to ever do it and listen to him show a podcast or show a podcast. Take away, Andrew. Yeah, I've been hit up by some circuses to like stand out front shouting to get new customers, but uh, I'm still here. I'm still here. Don't worry. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been the PowerShell Podcast, another fantastic boombastic episode brought to you by us with our fantastic guest, Jason Helmick. Now, if you've liked what you've heard, you're still around. What's up? You're a friend of ours. You can give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and maybe say what you think about it. You can give us a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube if you're watching us there. And tell us your favorite PowerShell module. It may be something we haven't heard of before. Who knows? Let us know. You can email Jordan and I, PowerShell at PDQ.com. Tell us what you like, what you didn't like. Is there somebody you'd love to see on the podcast? Is there a project that we need to share to the people? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Now, I'm Andrew Plotek. That guy's social is DevOps Jordan on X, but his name is Jordan Hammond, and he's fantastic. And thank you so much to our guest, Jason Helmick, for joining us today. Really appreciate you. It's been a goal of ours to get you on. So happy you joined us. Uh, where can people find you? Well, first of all, guys, it's been an honor. I mean, I'm not just saying it, truly an honor to be on your podcast. I'm so glad that you guys are doing this. And, and thanks for having me. Um, people can get a hold of me. Um, the easiest way, you will find me on that new X thing. I've always been out on that Twitter X thing. And you'll find me on LinkedIn. But you know what? If you really want to get a hold of me, why don't you just send me an email at jason.helmick at microsoft.com. And we'll talk. We'll chat. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and thank you to everyone for listening. Thanks for joining the PowerShell Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. The only device of its kind in the world. The PowerShell Podcast is a production of PDQ.com.